Welcome to another edition of the You Listen, I Talk podcast. I'm your co-host, James Kay, and today I'm once again joined by other co-hosts, Chase Hannon and Pat Lynch. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Uh, been a few weeks, but ready to talk some football. Yeah, it uh, has been a little while. And a yeah. lot has happened in the NFL, a lot. So much has happened in the NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we've got a couple other pods that we're going to get up to of, of our predictions of the AFC, um, but I think we all can agree that this is the division that we've been waiting to cover just because, I mean, in terms of the AFC, just because how kind I mean, how it's just closer than the other ones. The other ones seem a lot of polarizing teams. Um, but before we get into today's podcast, we invite you to subscribe to our pages on SoundCloud and the Apple Podcast app. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can always email us at youlistenitalkmailbag at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at youlisten underscore italk. Um, that's capital letters for Y-L-I-N-T. Fellas, you know what's nice about being a diehard baseball fan? I can record this hour-long podcast with you guys at the same time as the first Red Sox game, walk back home, get a couple slices at Fabo's Pizza, and still have three hours left in that game yeah. and won't miss a beat. Right. Um, but while baseball is somehow already back in our lives, like the start of the NFL season feels like it's kind of closing in just because of how much movement there's been in the offseason. Um, and it just feels like the duck has kind of just been reshuffled and, you know, leads us to a more enticing NFL predictions podcast. So that leads us to the AFC South division, which might be the most competitive division in the AFC right now. You can make an argument for the AFC North, but um, I think that this is one of the more interesting divisions in, in the AFC. So let's quickly rank the teams going one through four. Uh, Chase, how do you feel or how do you see this division playing out? Well, I mean, I think it's going to be very similar to last year. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, you don't see, or very rarely do you see divisions go one, two, three, four, back-to-back seasons. Like, there's going yeah. to be some switch, but I think it shakes out nearly the same. I think the Texans get first again, and the Colts get second again, and then the Jags are third, mm-hmm. Titans are fourth. How about you, Pat? Um, pretty similar as well, but I have the Colts taking a division this year, and then um, I also have the Texans hopping into the wild card, and then follow that by... The Jaguars, then the Titans. Gotcha. So we're pretty similar, Pat. I have one Colts, two Texans, three Jags, and the Titans finishing last. Um, I think we all can agree on that one. So what do you guys want to start with first? I mean, I know that we like, it was two out of three for the Colts being at first, but what do you guys feel? And you think want to just go gloss over the Colts first? Well, I know you yeah. mentioned... The wanted to rank the quarterbacks. Do you want to do that now? Or I want to you... say that for the Nick Foles conversation. Okay, I think, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah makes sense. Great. Sure. Okay. All right. So let's start with the Colts. Um, like so Chase, I'll go to you first for this one. What What are the team needs for this team? Team needs. I mean, we saw last year that the Colts were able to use the draft and free agency to turn the worst offensive line into the best offensive line in the NFL. Yep. And that's just all props to the front office of the Colts. I mean, Andrew Luck was upright the entire season, and he put on an MVP-caliber campaign because of it. Obviously, they don't need to revamp that offense, but if the defense wants to stay anywhere where they were last year, which was impressively good, to be quite honest with you, they were top 10 in both um, turnover percentage and points allowed for the Colts. That's just unheard of for a team that's usually just getting demolished on defense. Yeah. If they want to keep that up, I think they have to draft a stud defensive end to be able to get some pressure inside. The linebacking core was actually pretty solid last year. A lot of those tackles did come in the second level. They got past that that first level of defense with the D tackles and D ends, and then get some pressure, maybe get a sack on every five, six first downs to be able to start off the drive right. That defensive end would be huge. I think that's what the Colts need to address, probably in the draft. Okay, how about you, Pat? Yeah, looking at the Colts um, going into next season, um, going into the draft, I think definitely a yeah, pass rush is a big point of emphasis. The Colts were actually the highest or the second highest team in penalty yards defensively, so I think you know a lot of discipline in the secondary will be helped will be needed too because they gave up a lot of passing yards or in the bottom half of that. But yeah, like Chase was saying, Darius Leonard, they got a steal in the draft, second round, one of the best defensive players probably um, from that last year's draft. So going in, I mean, I think, um, like you said, they addressed their offensive line problems. And, you know, the Colts won their last 10 out of 11 games to get into the playoffs, you know, and that was a wild card spot. So I think when they have a healthy offensive line and Andrew Luck's healthy, this team can be a Super Bowl contender. 
I they just yeah. the only thing I think they're missing other than the, the defensive spots is just a consistent run game from a consistent running back instead of just plugging guys in here and there. I agree, and I think before we, I go into my team needs, I think we we Chase, you kind of touched on it before. We got to give so much props to this front office, <laughs> and I can't believe I'm yeah. saying that about the Colts just because Ursay's kind of been a wreck as an owner. Like the they had kind of like the ideal draft night trade, which they took advantage of the Jets' desperation for a quarterback by, and they you know they only traded down three spots and they got Quentin Nelson, who ended up being a Pro Bowl uh, Pro Absolute Bowl guard stuck. for them. Yeah. And they also got that second round pick, and like you just said, Darius Leonard, yeah. who ended up also ended up being a Pro Bowler. They have like something crazy, like seventy million dollars in cap space, despite the Andrew Luck contract. That just tells me that the, this team is like really built for success. And I don't know, like I guess they have that like you're they're really kind of banking on Justice Houston to like fill in that need, like you said about yeah. like the pass rush, but. Even if that doesn't pan out, yeah. like that was also like a really minimal yeah. contract. So. Yeah, he's a he's a little up there in age too. I know he now, is. so like we'll see. I mean, you kind of looking back like the Peyton Manning years of the Colts. Those defenses had superior <sighs> pass rushers like Dwight Freeney. Uh, I'm trying to forget remember who else they had, but you know Dwight Freeney's like oh, uh, all time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I guess like going into this season, what do the Colts need? I think it comes directly from. Their coach, Frank, is it Reich? Frank Reich, yeah. Frank Reich. He says this year he wants the the Colts to be a top five or top seven rushing team. So I think that if they want that, they're going to need someone like Marlon Mack to stay healthy. Um, But I don't think you really can rely on that. I think they got to find someone in the draft in the second, third, or fourth round. Like We've seen great running backs go in. And if they really want that top five or seven rushing attack, they're going to need to... Make sure that they really shore up the backfield. Um, So, Pat, I'll go to you for this one. Um, Non-quarterback MVP, who do you see the Colts being? Who's their MVP? I I like Eric Ebron. He took a huge step with with Andrew Luck last year. You know, his previous four seasons he was in Detroit, and last year he set a record for his career high in um, passing catches and receiving yards and touchdowns. He was one of the best fantasy tight ends as well. Last year, so I think he could be a great um, non-quarterback MVP for the Colts. So I'm going to push back on you in that one because I think that one of the reasons Ebron had so much success is because Jack Doyle went down, and they right. love Jack Doyle. Do you think that that's Jack Doyle? Maybe if if he is 100% going into the season, is that going to impact Ebron's um, effectiveness? Or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they'll definitely try and maybe use a two tight end system since they realize they have both really good talented tight ends. You know, you've seen teams like the Patriots use two tight ends. Other teams like that. I think, yeah, maybe his usage rate will go down a little bit. Won't get as many targets, but it'll just even out between the both of them, I think. I think having a whole offseason of being able to figure out what they're going to do with both of those pass-catching tight ends is going to make a whole, like, I don't think they expected Ebron to be the tight end that he was last year. So I think, I agree, I think that Ebron could be really impressive this year. What I'm excited to see is if they go with that two tight end I-form set, like kind of what Iowa runs here Mm -hmm. at the university, or if they slot one of those two guys out, kind of like a more of a Gronkowski rule, where like he can take four or five steps off of the line and still be just as effective as a receiver. It would be hard for me to see Ebron doing that. He would be the more likely candidate over Doyle. But, I mean, anything's possible in the NFL. I would love to see a tight end take a step out. I mean, we haven't seen it really in a while since, like, Tony Gonzalez. That's so true. Um, Well, what's your non-quarterback MVP? I mean, Ebron is an absolutely fantastic shout with what he did last year. I think Darius Leonard is just the easiest route to go. I mean, he was a second-round pick, like you mentioned, Pat. And he became a first-team All-Pro and led not only the team, but the league in tackles. And it was really not even close. Like, Darius Leonard was a stud last year. I will admit his tackles numbers were a bit inflated due to the fact that nearly all of the runs got to the second level. Those interior players were not getting tackles. And Darius Leonard had to shore a lot of that up. A lot of those outside linebackers tended to blitz, and so he was the only guy there. But this Colts team, and most importantly Colts defense, revolves around Darius Leonard as the middle linebacker he was a stud last year if they want to not have a step back in the defense I think Leonard has to be that guy he really does I mean what he did last year I mean exceeded all of their expectations and again the front office is just they were actually really a step ahead on this one my non-quarterback MVP I'm gonna kind of piggyback on what I said earlier I think Marlon Mack could really be this team's uh non-quarterback MVP 
And I, I'm hesitant to say this just because I feel like so many coaches, like, you know, Reich said he wanted to be in the top five in rushing. A lot of coaches will say, like, I want to give player X the ball 20 times a game, and then that Sunday will give that player, like, five or ten touches maybe. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of coaches like to hype up certain yeah. players and, like, um, scare but, other teams. Right, but the Colts, like, they already have an elite play-action, like, they're already an elite play-action pass team. But that area of their like offense can improve if Mac stays healthy and like he did provide some production when he was on the field last year. And Andrew Luck ranked 11th in pl- uh, play action c- completion percentage. I think that can go up if they have a real rushing attack that scares teams. Yeah. Oh, Chase, I'll go to you for this one. What's your bold prediction going in for the Colts this year? I think the Colts' defense is going to regress to the mean, which kind of argues against what I said about Darius Leonard. I still think he's their MVP. It's just. They caught a lot of breaks last year where they'd get to third and two and be able to hold. They would get in, get a lucky interception or a lucky fumble there. And it's hard to use luck so frequently, not talking about their quarterback on this team, but they got a lot of it on the defensive end. I think they kind of regressed the mean. They're not top 10 in all of those categories that we talked about. They're, they could still be top half. They can still be top 20, but we're used to the Colts being close to dead last in a lot of defensive categories, especially the past four years. I think the Colts kind of take a step back. They can still be a playoff team. Like you guys said, you both have them winning the division. I've got them right up there at second place, but this defense will probably take a step back. I mean, the Chiefs and the Rams both had, like, the war, like uh, they were in the top, uh, no, they were in the bottom half of like, passing yards allowed last year. Chiefs, I mean, historically, were one of the worst defenses ever yeah. in terms of giving up first downs. So. Oh, yeah, so, and their passing defense. It's like, even with that, it might not even hinder the Colts, even if they're a top 15 exactly. team, yeah. uh, defensive team. Pat, how about you? What's your bold prediction? Um, I think the Colts can really be a, um, a serious Super Bowl contender this upcoming year just because of, you know, the resilience they showed last year. They have a new coach, so they have kind of a new culture going forward. And, like, Andrew Luck's been really unhealthy, and their offensive line really hasn't been good the past, like, three years. So we haven't really seen, you know, Andrew Luck to his full potential like we did his first and second season in the NFL. And I mean, once I think they should maybe add another receiver for him, and I think, you know, that he can take that offense all the way deep into the playoffs. So I think definitely consider do not sleep on the Colts this year. I agree. I'm actually really high on this yeah. team, and yeah. my bold prediction for this season is that I think everybody improves on this team, and I think that T.Y. Hilton is going to have his first 100 yard, uh, 100 catch season. So this is absolutely contingent on Andrew Luck staying healthy for the entire season, but. If the offensive line is 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 as good as it was last year and only giving up 18 sacks, which was uh, first in the NFL, um, I think that that also helps Ty so much. And you know he's going to have a, a full season of catching passes from a fully protected Luck. And um, even last year, Luck was only healthy like he didn't really get it going until like the week four or five. And Ty still ended up having 76 catches, um, but now. I mean, his career high is 91 catches in a season. I think that now that Luck's shoulder, you know, will allow him to throw more than 15 to 20 yards. Like, he can, you know, he can really hit that 100-catch plateau. T.Y. can be a very good deep threat as well. Exactly. And I don't know. I mean, like, who else is he going to throw to outside of Ebron? Those two tights. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, Devin Funchess? He's like he had what like a one good eight yeah game Chester Rogers Naim Hines Naim yeah how do you say that name? he comes out of the back exactly yeah, so exactly. I don't know yeah. I think that uh, he's a really good chance with not like I think that Andrew Luck really does get like I don't know he really does break out and that's kind of crazy to say because yeah. he had an amazing season last year but right. I think he can be even better and really become that guy that we expected him to be when right he was up. the number one overall right. pick. Um, let's move on to the Texans. So, Pat, what do you think sure. this team needs right now? Well, I think the biggest thing they need is an offensive line. Last year, um, Deshaun Watson was sacked 64 times. You know, that can go a long yeah. way. That's, like, the reason why the Colts have had so much um, sh- um, struggle. Same with like, the Seahawks. You know, when you give your t- when you give a talented, uh, a talented quarterback time, you know, and find he's got one of the best receivers too in the league with DeAndre Hopkins. And if he wants to get the ball, he Deshaun wants needs to be protect, 
needs to be protected. So I, I think going into this draft, they should really make sure they emphasize interior and and exterior offensive linemen. They have seven picks in this draft. So we, you pretty much said exactly what I was going to say, and I'll just go off of that point because I do think they need to fix the line. They got rid of every single starting offensive lineman they had last year. That kind of has to worry you a little bit as a Texans fan. Like The chemistry on the line is yeah. actually so important, and it's going to be interesting. Mel Kuyper has Andre Dillard out of Washington State going to uh, the Texans, and he's a guard. Maybe he provides some umph on the on the line, but... Man, that you gotta be a little bit worried about that going into yeah. the season. Um, how about you, Chase? Yeah, perhaps the safest bet is them using their first round pick on alignment if you yeah. cut the entire starting line. Yeah. Uh, my biggest need, well, O line did jump out, jump off the page here. I think just as important could be defensive back for this team. Okay, they did have a pretty decent defense last year. They were top five in a lot of good categories, but pass defense was pretty problematic for this team, yeah. and so. Tyron Matthews off to Kansas City. Kareem Jackson wasn't re-signed. And the Texans don't have a player under 30 years old that started more than three games that's still on the (laughs) roster. It just makes sense for a team that was 28th in passing yards allowed last year to draft a defensive back. They had a pretty decent defense last year, but they just continually were gashed over the top. I think a defensive back is the the way to go. Probably more likely in free agency than in uh, through the draft. But I wouldn't be surprised if a second or third round pick is used on a defensive back. I think it has to be. They had an elite like rushing defense last year, but man, that passing yeah. offense is just that makes you worry. Um, especially if you how competitive the AFC is going to be. Yeah, Jonathan Joseph was pretty like pretty good, but he's thirty four now. You can't really lean on a guy that's yeah. thirty four. Right, can't. exactly. Um, Pat, who's your non quarterback MVP? Um, I'm gonna you know I, I this is kind of basic, but I'm gonna go DeAndre Hopkins. I mean he he is one of the best, the most elite wide receivers in the NFL right now and I mean that's gonna his success is really gonna be all built off Sean Watson's I think so um you know like I said they can I think they're gonna get back to the playoffs in a wild card spot and a lot of it's gonna be due to DeAndre Hopkins probably having 100 catches and you know 1400 yards I think last year he only dropped four passes I think was the stat and he was that was the least out of any receiver in the NFL. So they I mean the Texans have a special talent outside the numbers. Also considering just how like how much he's targeted in that yeah. offense. Like he gets like twelve targets a game, it feels yep. like. Um so it's hard not to pick DeAndre because again, like you said, exactly. he's one of, like the most gifted wide receiver in the NFL. Um just gifted. the stats obviously point to like someone like Odell Beckham Jr. But right. I think that my non-quarterback MVP has to be Will Fuller, and I know that's kind of crazy just because he only played seven games last yeah. year, but if you watch the Texans play, and I did because I had, I've had i had DeAndre the last two years on my fantasy team, Will Fuller is someone that DeAndre just, or um, that Deshaun loves to target. Um, he only, again, like, yeah, he only played seven games, but when he's on the field, he's like a great compliment to, like, uh, to Hopkins, and honestly, he sometimes feels like he's the guy that Deshaun wants to go to more more often um just because you know deandre attracts so many defenders and the te- i don't know like the texans wouldn't have made that trade last year like for demarius yeah. thomas if will fuller didn't go down um i think they've been looking for that second banana to hopkins and they have it in will fuller he just has to stay on the field um how about you though chase what i agree you- with that i mean it's not my pick but will fuller is huge and he was picked in the first round for a reason yeah he has the intangibles and he has all the stuff that they want it's just you're right he went down they needed the second guy my guy is perhaps even more basic than Pat's. It's J.J. Watt. Okay. And, I mean, it's not even just the numbers that he puts up. It's just he's the face of this mm-hmm. team, whether you're like it or not. He's honestly the face of Houston yeah. after that hurricane, and he raised all that money. It's He's the face of this franchise at this point, and he, this, he's going into his ninth season. It's hard to believe that he's been around that it long. Is. And yet in that time, he's got five of those nine seasons with double-digit sacks, Two of those, he broke 20 sacks. Yeah. And two of those seasons as well, he only played three games and five games respectively. So basically in those seven seasons, he has five double-digit sack numbers. Last year he had 16, really jumped back into it after going two seasons in a row with season-ending injuries. He, had, he started all 16 games. He had a career-high seven forced fumbles that season. His tackles for loss have gone down because they're most sacks, but he's dropping back more and kind of playing in that secondary role, which I, I really enjoy being a linebacker more than he is a defensive end. But mm-hmm. it's he's a hybrid, and it, he's yeah. the best player on this defense and will continue to be this season. I think he just has to be the non-quarterback MVP. 
He's the most versatile defensive player in the NFL when he's healthy. You know, like he can. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I was say, th- Khalil I was th- Mack, perhaps. Yeah, I was or... gonna. I was thinking of. Um, it's a funny comparison. What was who's the guy out of Alabama last year? That would he was like a safety, but he'd come down and play linebacker a ton because he was so big. It was Minka Fitzpatrick. I okay. Think. Yeah, that's what. I he might be out of LSU, but yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, he went to Alabama. I remember. Okay. But, but yeah, he was one of he's a high he was a hybrid guy in college. I don't know how well he's been doing it since he got into the league, but I take peak JJ Watt over almost anybody in this sure. league. I just I think so high. Yeah, you're right, Bama. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So how about you, Chase? What's your bold prediction for uh, for the Texans this season? I have been a firm Deshaun Watson tempered supporter. Like I'm never I've, <laughs> I've never been the guy that says like he is the greatest quarterback in Texans history type thing. But it's just like he has so much potential and everything we saw at Clemson, he has translated the NFL. It's just injuries have really pushed him back. I think my bold prediction is he will have an MVP caliber season. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll win it. I think it is comparable to what Luck was able to do last year okay. because he put up exceptional numbers last season all while being sacked, like you guys mentioned, 62 times in yeah. a third year in a 16 game schedule. That's 3.8 times a game. Yeah, it's just it's bonkers. On, on top of the three times you got sacked versus Colts in the wild card game. <laughs> that yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. If he can get half the help that Luck did last season, where they turned the worst to first offensive line, if he can, if they can go worst to like 20th, I think he can make it an award winning season and pr- probably add a couple more wins onto there. Honestly, I think that's the my rationale for pushing them into first in this division instead of second. I didn't get the Deshaun Watson hate coming out of college, honestly. But I, I mean, I wasn't so sold on him coming out. I was more of a, who else was in that draft above him or picked right before him. Um, I, I don't remember who it was. I know, but I wasn't too sold on Deshaun Watson either. But then, like, he proved me wrong his rookie year before yeah. tearing his ACL. I just don't know what else a guy has to do. Like, he threw a lot of picks in college, so I think that scared a lot of guys away. But, like, yeah. so did Sam Darnold. And, like, he ended right. up getting the third pick. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. I really I thought that his value was... Uh, I'm really, trying to figure out if this is the actually the... Yeah, so Deshaun I'm, Watson. I've got it right here. I, so I knew other, I liked someone. Mahomes was 10th, and Deshaun Watson was 12th. Trubisky was second year man. Okay, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I did not... Yeah, well, I remember watching that draft. I did not think that was going to happen, but... And then another the next quarterback wasn't didn't happen until the late second round with Deshaun Kaiser. So. Oh, okay. I guess I don't Deshaun know. Kaiser. Wow, that's yeah. a brutal pick. Yeah, for the Browns. Like, I mean, I guess it's not they have second maker. round. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, looking back on it, the 2017 draft we didn't think was very stacked, and obviously the no, franchises really didn't is. either because there's three in the first round. Trubisky, Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson have all made Pro Bowls yeah. in two years. Right. So I mean. And Mahomes had one of the greatest seasons in history Ever. as a quarterback, yeah. and he that was his second year. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. it's turning out to be pretty three good quarterbacks there. Deshaun Kaiser, we might take a step back. Yeah. <laughs> He's trapped in Green Bay up. now, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, my bold prediction is that while the Texans finish second in this division, they will not make the playoffs, and they'll be outside of the top 15 in team defense. So, this, this team has like a lot going for them. But I just can't see them making the playoffs. Just like, if you look at the other teams in the AFC right now, like, I don't think they're better than, like... Are they better than the Chargers? That's what I'm saying. They're not better than the Chargers. You know, they... I'm not sure, like, who... I don't know who's going to finish second in the AFC North. But I feel like the Browns or the Ravens can, or like, can take that second spot. Or the Steelers, yeah. Or the Steelers. Or like, and they were, again, they were pretty unappreciated, like we talked about in our last pod. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the defense is going to crumble a little bit. I didn't love their signings in the offseason. Like, I think that they, they were right not to give Tyron Matthew the crazy contract that he got in Kansas City. But, like, I just think you couple, like, they had that great defense, like, run defense, but the pass offense, is, like, again, was atrocious, and they lost guys. And, again, like we talked about before, the O-line is pretty shitty. And, like, I mean, I know it's new guys, but the consistency is, I don't know. I'm not sure a playoff team can really redo the entire offensive line and then make the playoffs and make that run. And I think a lot of people point to that uh, that nine-game win streak last year in terms of, like, that's why the Texans are legit. But if you look at those games, four of those games are decided by one touchdown or less. And during that streak, they, uh, they beat the Bills, Jags, Dolphins, Broncos, Titans, and Browns. 
Like we're not talking about elite teams here. Like and they teams. and they barely squeaked by in four of those games. I so, say, and Watson had five uh, game-winning drives. He did. And yeah. five fourth-quarter comebacks. I mean, I mean, if it's against the Browns yeah. and Dolphins, that might have some worry. Do you think? I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think the once. I mean, the thing about the Texans. I think when I think about Deshaun, he had almost 600 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. So I think. I mean, if teams aren't able to like you know, adapt to that, especially the AFC South teams that can, like, go a long way with the Texans. Man, doesn't it just worry you, though? Like, he's coming off an ACL, ACL tear before, yeah. and I don't even – it's just – it doesn't seem that feasible to me that this guy can, like, stay up. I mean, again, this all comes down to the offensive line. To Are me. you talking about Deshaun? I'm talking about – oh, yeah, I was talking about Deshaun. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I have the exact same worry that I have with Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. I, I think that – Andrew Luck's got, what, four years, five years on this guy in the NFL. A lot more wear and tear. He took the same amount of sacks that Deshaun Watson last year, two years ago, and he came back and started 16 games, went to the playoffs, and beat Deshaun Watson. (laughs) I personally, like, I don't have as much worry as you guys. I completely understand the rationale. I kind of have it flipped, where I think that the Colts will probably regress to the mean while the Texans will stay up there. But both of these teams, I feel with the right steps, can be playoff teams. Yeah. I mean, I think the Tech, that's their, like, you can't say that they're not even, like, in consideration for the playoffs. I'm just saying that, like, they got more question marks than a lot of these other premier AFC teams. Um, But maybe that's mostly on paper, but I don't know. Let's move to the Jags, though. I think this is a really interesting team. Uh, Chase, what does this team, actually, before we do the, yeah, let's do the, we got to rank these quarterbacks. So, Nick Foles, he's um, let's see, his contract was for four years, and it could potentially be as high as 104 million, and includes 52 million guaranteed. I just had to mention that before we go into which I love, by the way. You love this? Yeah. Game? No, I think it's hilarious. I oh, think okay. it's, I think yeah. it's bad. I, I just yeah. love that they threw all this money at him. Okay. At. When they had Teddy Bridgewater on a plate in free agency for like a one-year, ten million dollar deal, and they went with this. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad that we're on the same. Let's rank these quarterbacks. Let's really do it. Quickly. All right. Sorry. Chase, rank them one through four. All right, I, I came into this thinking I'd have a tough time being able to rank these. I really yeah. love the QBR stat and the, most importantly the expected points stat. It, I thought I'd have a tough time, but these four very clearly defined in those rankings, and it made it pretty easy for me. It's Luck, Watson, Mariota, Foles. I understand if you want to throw Mariota over Watson. I just don't see it. And yeah. I think that Foles is the worst quarterback here. He has not started a full season since 2013. The last season that he was even eligible for QBR was in 2015. He was dead last in the league. Oh, that wow. wait, was that with the Rams? Yeah. Was, yeah. He started yeah. 11 yeah. games with okay. the Rams, which is, by the way, the most he's ever started in a season in his career. Yeah, he kind of does define Yeah, go ahead. But no, for, but yeah, that's what I've got is I've Luck, Watson, Mariota, Foles, like, my Foles bias could perhaps be to the fact that I'm a Vikings fan and he just, you know, big dick Nick slapped all over him. But I was, I just, anyone can go, I don't want to say anyone, any NFL quarterback theoretically can go on a three-game stretch of being a great QB. Yeah. If, a, if guys get open, they can make those throws. You're in the NFL for a reason. We've seen Joe Flacco do it about 13 separate times in his yeah. career. Yeah. And in those three-gap windows, ESPN's like, elite quarterback? I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Nick Foles deserves that ring. Do not get me wrong. Yeah. He does not deserve this contract. I think we're on the same page, but I'm going to let Pat go first. Let's rank these quarterbacks. Yeah, so I have Andrew Luck at one. Deshaun Watson at two, Nick Foles at three, Marcus Mariota at four. I, you know, I don't really – Marcus Mariota just in his career has not been able to stay healthy. So I feel like I have not seen enough from him. He has been to the playoffs once, but, I mean, I, I haven't. there's been nothing convincing that has wanted me to grab, you know, a guy like Marcus Mariota had to have him be the face of my franchise. And a lot with Nick Foles, you know, yeah, he, he kind of was like a career backup before, you know, like, he got – his first tenure with the um, with the Eagles, and then, like you said, yeah, he does. He did well. He did great that year. They won he, when he replaced Carson Wentz, and they won the Super Bowl. Um, but I really think Nick Foles, he's a system quarterback. I think yes. he's got to be in the right system because he can get the ball out of his hands quick. He can read mm-hmm. field really quickly. But I, don't, I wouldn't say he's such a great downfield passer. I mean, his um, pre-snap adjustments, I think, are really good. But he is more of a system quarterback than he is. I'm um, gonna make a play type quarterback like Andrew Luck or Deshaun Watson can be. So what mur- like worries me the most about Nick Foles is that like who he's throwing to. So if we look yeah. back at like who they then, lost everyone. Yeah, they well they, there's that, but there's also like I don't know. I I actually I hate 
the words like the like the stigma against the system quarterback because like they if you're in the right system then that guy is worth twenty to twenty five million dollars yeah. a year and like Foles was amazing in the Eagles system and but the thing about that is he was throwing to guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, Nelson Aguilar, Jordan Matthews, Trey and, Burton at the time. Yeah, and like. For a short period, you can say Golden Tate. He had that one game yeah. touchdown, whatever. But that is kind of worrisome when you go and look at the Jags, whose number one wide receiver is Marquise Lee, who had an ACL tear last year that the Jags described as more than a normal ACL tear. So, And that's concerning because he's like their only true number one wide receiver. Yeah, because they lost Allen Robinson. Um, who else did they lose? Alan Hearns. Alan, Alan Hearns. Hearns. Yeah. I mean, right. I guess like they're really relying on D.D. Westbrook and yeah. – uh, Oh, I'm missing one guy on that team. Um, but the, the, he's not throwing the premier pass catchers. Yeah. Like, you know, Zach Ertz is probably the second best tight end in the NFL now that Gronk's gone. Um, you know, you have, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, the, one of the reasons why Foles is great is that he can, he's so tall and he can drop yeah. balls from the sky that land, in, um, yeah. you know, to bigger wide receivers like Jeffrey. Um, I don't know. Like, if you're going to give $100 million to a guy that, only threw one touchdown in his first three games after Wentz went down. Like, what are we talking about yeah. here? Like, so, yeah, it just it kind of just shows the desperation of like franchise starting quarterbacks that teams want because it's copycat league. We see it all around. Yeah, you of know, course. I mean, like the Patriots have sustained this in the past fifteen years, like all off a quarterback, a franchise guy. And you know, I think also with the Jaguars, I think they're. I mean. Leonard Fournette has not been able to stay healthy his two his first two years in the NFL too. And I think if he actually gets a full year, he doesn't get any suspended like he did last year. I think that'll take a lot of pressure off him. If I think who's there? Doug Marone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he's got the right system for Nick Foles, I think I mean good things can happen. But I don't see this team being a playoff team. So I think we're all like definitely on the same page though. It's luck number one, Deshaun two. And I mean, I it's murky at the bottom. It's murky. Don't get me I, wrong. Think, I think that it's way closer with yeah. Foles and Mariota. What I love about this division, though, yeah. barring Deshaun, because he's this is only his third year, all three of these quarterbacks have like monumental, iconic playoff plays. Yeah. Andrew Luck with the oh, diving yeah. touchdown to the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. Mariota caught his own touchdown pass against yeah. the Chiefs. Totally forgot. And then that. Nick Foles just destroying not only the Vikings, with but the catching. Patriots with yeah. catching his own touchdown. Like, these three quarterbacks, I'm waiting for Deshaun Watson's, and it's coming this year. I should add that to my yeah, little prediction because yeah, well, he's yeah. making the playoffs. I love yeah. that. I mean, he's running for more like 300 more yards than all those quarterbacks. That was what I was going to say. With my yeah. expected points uh, system in the yeah. QBR, Deshaun Watson was first in the AFC on run plays. Yeah. Like, Interesting. He's better than Lamar Jackson as a quarterback in expected points from a run. So, I mean... He's fourth in the NFL. He's behind a couple of guys like Josh Allen. Aaron Rodgers, kind of surprisingly. But on runs expected, this guy gets it done with his legs. And it's pretty impressive because he can pinpoint a pass better than Mariota. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, I completely agree. So how about going the team needs, though? Like, Pat, what do you think? What, do they, what does this team need? Um, I think they just need receivers, you know. I think, they, they like you said, they signed Nick Foles. Um, if they want him to have success, I think they need – really good, you know, guys on the perimeter that can, you know, get open and create slots and holes for Nick Foles to fill. I think because their defense is pretty good. They were second in the league in passing yards allowed with 194 yards. Their defense was still pretty elite. Mm-hmm. And everyone was always trying to give the Jaguars more credit for being so bad and talking about how good their defense was. And I'm, I kind of like like with that a little bit just mm-hmm. because they just – I mean, they had Blake Bortles at quarterback, which wasn't helping. And Does not help. They can definitely still have a top, you know, a, set, a top half defense, and they had top ten like they were last year. So they have the best corner in the game. Um, it's just a matter of whether they can put all their pieces together, offense, defense, and special teams. So do you think it's more like bringing in Folds is more of a culture change then that could really spark the defense? Because they, they weren't – I mean, like Jalen Ramsey – didn't really do no, that. No, yeah, he didn't have a whole lot of interceptions this Three. year. Yeah. Yeah. But they were still good. They were still statistically good. Yeah, no, definitely. Chase, how about you? I just want to put this down. Foles is better than Bortles. And yes. I don't think yeah. anyone at this oh, table disagrees with that. There's no one I hate more than Blake Bortles. <laughs> as, well, a I don't as a quarterback. Him. Sure, okay. But Nick Foles did go to the Rams after his tenure with the Eagles. Yeah. And then That's we what Blake Bortles is at. Blake Bortles. So we're just waiting for Goff to fall off so that. Blake Bortles will not touch the field. 
Oh my god. Barring some injury. Yeah. My biggest need oh. right with you here, Pat. It's wide receiver. Yeah. I feel like this has been the narrative for the Jags since Jimmy Smith left in 2005. We're still waiting for any marquee <laughs> quarter or wide receiver to step in here. The QB just has no one to throw to. I remember when Justin Blackman was lighting up fields for Oklahoma State. Yeah. And they took a flyer on him, drafted him. He, he didn't play a full season. Yeah. Couldn't He's, pass a drug test. Couldn't pass a drug test. Couldn't <laughs> pass nearly any test that they threw at him. And he was an awful bust. Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson are both gone. Marquise Lee's coming back from that abnormal ACL tier, like you mentioned. Just take a reliable wideout in the draft. It doesn't have to be in the first round. It can be in the second. Just take someone that you know is reliable. Not only going to pass that drug test and, you know, can play, but is able to just catch the ball and step out of bounds. You don't need anything flashy. You don't need to put up... 1600 receiving yards you just need someone to throw to and that's what nick Foles really needs you mentioned it uh james he should probably be six four and large like he should not be a a skinny really quick dude he should be someone like alshon jeffrey that's an actual target for nick Foles. or alan hearn or not alan hearns alan robinson who they i just can't believe they just let him walk and i know like he was also coming off an injury but yeah I don't, know. I don't know. That's the that was the guy they needed, and I just feel like Foles is coming in two years too late. Like after the AFC Championship, like I feel like they should have just canned Bortles, and it's hard to do that because we kind of gave him so much of the credit for almost being the Patriots. Like, he was one play away. He was one play away, but like if you like if you look at the second half of what the, the uh, you know what the Jags had to do against the Patriots. They were so handcuffed by how limited Bortles is as a passer. And, like, if you have to, like, change your game plan kind of in the last five to ten minutes, it's just like, why are you going to give this guy a chance when your defense is so great? And And yet, the funniest part to me is that in the rematch, in the regular season, Bortles absolutely fucked the the Patriots defense. And the Jags won that game. And it's like, that's the reason that... The Patriots played in Kansas City yeah. in the postseason. But. I also want to point out a lot of the Jaguars games last year were very low scoring because they had just they had no offensive production. And <laughs> it also showed that their defense was still pretty good. That's I think that's just their the offense, they're gonna need a lot of things. And especially especially if Leonard Fournette does not stay healthy, because I know they struggled to find a guy. That's why they signed you know, TJ Yeldon half or they had TJ Yeldon they but they sent Carlos No, they, they traded Carlos Hyde. They traded, traded for, for some, Carlos Hyde, yes. They, they traded, traded for, for yeah. But didn't they sign somebody else uh recently? I I don't know. I don't know. They had they had like four different running backs they were using at some point. But I mean Leonard Fournette he he showed when healthy and one plan that he can be productive. When he's trying, yeah, that's the problem. That's the other, yeah, that's another thing. Like Tom Coughlin called him out pretty much and like I mean I guess yeah. Tom Coughlin's a very fiery guy and I I guess I, I really only learned that after he was uh, appointed to the Jags front office. But if he gets called out that badly and, like, I don't know, like, I, if he doesn't return to, like, somewhat of what he was before, that's also a huge question mark for the Jags and why they really can't beat the top two teams. It was Thomas team. Rawls, by the way. Thomas the Rawls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seattle, yep. I think that if, I don't know, just to be consistent here a little bit, like, I really do value, like, offensive line, you have to value more, like, almost as much as, like, who you have behind center. The Jags gave up the fourth most sacks last year. It was bad. It was yeah. really bad. And I guess, I mean, you have someone like Foles, like, who can get the ball out so quickly, and that's going to help them, I guess, like, if the offensive line doesn't improve that much, having a guy that, like, can be quick like that, like, with his release. But I think they do have to go out and get another tackle. And, like, because I, I think that I was listening to Ryan Rosillo's podcast with Mel Kuyper uh, earlier today, and he said that, while there isn't a lot of elite guys at the top in terms of pass catching or playmakers in general, that in the middle rounds, like which I haven't honestly analyzed a ton, um, you know, he said that there's a lot of guys in the middle there that can make a difference potentially and they're good flyers. So I'd rather yeah. them draft a tackle at the top, make make sure that Foles isn't on the ground um, as much as Bortles and I forget the other quarterback who took over for him at the midseason, but. Um, there was one guy that took over for Bortles. Did you add any? I can't even remember. Yeah, I know. Was it, <laughs> was it uh, what's his face? The guy from USC, Barkley? Or was he on the bear? Exactly. I but that's, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> they had no quarterback depth. Um, but, you know, I think that you need to keep Foles up and make sure that he's yeah. just not a complete bust after giving it, like shelling out $52 million guaranteed. Yeah. Cody Kessler. Kessler. That's who it was. The Browns' ex first round USC. pick, right? Yeah, from USC. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, the Jags are a goddamn mess, but um, 
Let's move to non-quarterback MVP. Pat, who is your non-quarterback MVP? Um, you know, I'm just going to go with Leonard Fournette if he stays healthy, I think. You know, and if he like if he wants, like we were saying earlier, he, um, you know, in college, he 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 was just like a grown man. Like he was <laughs> he was one of those guys that could have left like after his like second year at LSU, and he can definitely run for I think 13, 1400 yards and he can still catch the ball out of the back. And he's he's one of those traditional, you know, run yeah. between the tackles type running backs. So I think he could be a huge success for the Jags, especially taking off pressure off Nick He Foles. could have come out of high school and just yeah. tricked people he, because he was this dude looks when he was 18. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, he was like – I remember watching the All-American game, like the Under Armour game, and he was just bald with a full beard. <laughs> yeah. I was like, good God. Looks like he'd be an yeah. analyst on NFL yeah. Network pretending like he's already had a 12-year career. Exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm not as high on – Leonard Fournette at all. I think that he's, uh, I mean, that's just outside of health, I just give up on guys that don't try. Like, if you don't have a work ethic and you're at this point, you're, like, you're given an opportunity to play in the NFL or any, honestly, any professional sport. That's why, like, I did not like DeAndre Ayton coming out of college. They were like, you know, really? sorry to switch this to basketball, but like, you know, he didn't try, his motor wasn't there or whatever. And when you have those type of questions for guys, and they want, and you expect such high to, draft picks too. Exactly, like, and I think Leonard Fournette was the fourth pick in yeah. the draft. So like, you you spend a draft pick on a guy that might only be in the league for five years just because he didn't work hard. Man, that that's why he like I agree he could be that guy yeah. who runs for thirteen hundred yards. But if he shows that he can't just put in the effort, like because he's also the guy that said that the NFL is slower than. The SEC, like the SEC or whatever, so I worry about that guy that quite mean? a bit. Just that, like, it, it's the game's competition. Yeah, I guess I, I thought that was complete All bullshit, right. but yeah, All right, I'm then. not going to defend <laughs> Leonard Fournette. However, what I can grab from that quote is that they run a lot of spread in mm-hmm. the SEC. Everything is coming at you fast, quick, and in a hurry. In the NFL, up until like. Basically, last year, two years ago, it's all pro-style stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. A lot of running, if it's not in between the tackles, it's you're cutting right outside the mm-hmm. tackles. Yeah. So I understand if he is coming out of that system and saying, why can't I just get out here and run? But no, I'm not going to defend him because I like your soundbite there. You're basically pitching your resume to work for the Patriots because that's <laughs> what Belichick has run on for how many years? And no, I, I agree with that. Like. It kind of flows into my bold prediction. I know we can do my non-quarterback MVP to fix this, but Yannick Ngakwe is my non-QB MVP. And okay. I didn't even know who this guy was until two years ago in his rookie year. He slowed down last year, but his three-season resume is just insane to me. He's from Maryland, and he has 29 and a half sacks and 10 forced fumbles in three seasons. And it's like, I, he's not even yeah. like top five player on this defense. Yeah. It's just you don't know who he is. But he blows up offenses. And like that year, that two years ago when they made that run in the postseason, it was a lot to do with this guy. Yeah, I think that you kind of have to point to defense for this team in terms of like what they're going to need. Yeah. And that's why I'm going with Telvin Smith, who, just because of the consistency. I like that pick a defense. lot. I mean, he had 100 tackles last year, ranked fourth in the league, didn't, didn't make the Pro Bowl. Um, and that's, yeah, like he only had like. 76 tackles or something crazy like that in his... I mean, not 76. I'm trying to think of how many... I forget what he had. He only played 14 games. Still made the Pro Bowl, though, without even playing a whole season in 2017. I think he can easily get back to that same level of like being recognized for that. And I think that even though he had a better season last year and didn't make the Pro Bowl, it was because of how the bad the narrative was around the Jags and how unexciting they were. Um, so I also think that I mean Jalen Ramsey regressed really badly last year like three picks for a guy that again is was recognized as the next premier corner yeah. in the league um i think that smith is one of their glue guys and if they want to replicate what they had two years ago on defense he's going to need to have another big consistent year um, that we've seen from him um do you guys want to move to bold predictions yeah, sure. Chase, I'm I'm curious to hear what your bold prediction is now. It falls right in line with that all that Fournette talk. Jacksonville will be the worst rushing team in football, <laughs> which is not good news when Nick Foles is your quarterback. Leonard Fournette is a great back when healthy. I, I completely agree, but he just couldn't stay on the field last year. And TJ Yeldon would seem, in theory, like a great fill-in. He just can't yeah. play more than like two downs in yeah. a row without needing a breather. He's just not the fill-in. He's almost the exact same guy as Fournette, where he can run for like two plays, three plays, and needs a fill-in himself. 
if Thomas Rawls can step in and make a, a good a good fill, I, I like more power to him. But they had the league worst seven rush touchdowns last year in yeah. sixteen games, and I think they'll follow it up with the least amount or the fewest rushing yards this season. I love that take. Yeah, and but actually, I'll say what I'm going to say. Pat, what do you think? What's your bold prediction? Uh, my bold prediction is for D.D. Westbrook to lead. He's going to make the Pro Bowl, but he's going to make it as a special team. I okay. think he's going to lead the league in punt, kick, return, touchdowns, maybe yards. And along, he's still going to get like about 100 targets, probably 70 catches this upcoming year. So I think he, he can really grow, and I think um, you know outshine and show people like what his worth really is. He's probably their premier receiver. Yeah, <laughs> and he's a great he's a great guy in the return game yeah. as well. Yeah. I think he tied the league last year with the most t- uh, punt return touchdowns. I think it was only with really? one, though. Like, even yeah. Tyreek Hill only had one. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, like, he could also improve. because He had 66 catches last year. So yeah. maybe with a better quarterback and without having to deal with Cody Kessler or Blake Bortles. Well, those just sound like perennial doormats of the league. Just, like, guys that are just not going to do well. I feel like you're, if you want a quarterback that has a great name and, like, Blake Bortles. I've been and, of that opinion. And as crazy as it yeah. sounds, like... That's why, and this is crazy, and it was 2011, so please harp on me. I was like, Jake Locker is the next best quarterback. <laughs> Just look at that name. Like, how could you get a better name out of Washington? Lasted, like, three years with the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. Just because, like, think about the top quarterbacks ever, like, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, yeah. Tom Brady, yeah, Peyton, Peyton Manning, <laughs> just like Steve Young, like just like exactly, yeah, it makes sense for just like your typical like, and that's why Roethlisberger coming out of college, it's just like we're not drafting this dude, but well, Blake Bortles, Big was, Ben, dude, Blake, Blake Bortles, Bortles was like you're throwing up. He like, was compared, yeah. he, I mean, he was compared to uh, Big Ben. I remember coming yeah. out of college, and, same build, yeah. but like, I mean, yeah. any quarterback over like two twenty five yeah, is compared to two, Roethlisberger yeah. at this point. Like, it's it's pretty crazy. My bold prediction. I'm ready. I think that people are like, especially Jags fans, are going to be calling for Nick Foles' head at the end of the year. And oh, wouldn't doubt it. They're going to expect a lot. I don't think it'll be fair, just based on how much money he's, um, just because of how much money he's earning and like how unproven the offense is. Um, this could be a rough year for Foles, though. Like he could end up being like. I don't know. He is like a system quarterback. I don't think there's yeah. anything. And, and it, again, he was so good in the Eagles system like for that first stretches. And I think that that does hold value. I, I will defend system quarterbacks till I'm done. Yeah, I just but, I could very – I mean, I almost picked as my bowl prediction the Jags to have just an abysmal season, like 5-11, and 6-10 and 10 or something like that. I could, I could definitely see that happening. Especially, I mean, the, if the two top teams, like they have to face – the yeah, Colts and the Texans. Texans. So that's, I mean, that could already be four losses. And um, I don't know. I just could see that Jags fans investing in some get Nick Foles the fuck out of Jacksonville posters. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. once the NFL offseason comes next year. Like, It'd be a lot of questions. $52 million, man. That's just so much guaranteed money for the guy that, again, you said hadn't started more than 11 games since yeah, 2013. Yeah, that's a crazy stat. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't know how you just give that amount of money to someone who's unproven. Desperation. I will say quarterback though, copycat league. Yeah, there, there's another side is. to this coin, and while I do not think this plays out at all, I've already detailed that Nick Foles is the worst quarterback <laughs> of the four, and that the Jags are probably going to be cellar dwellers right there with Tennessee. He has five NFL records to his name. I'm now pulling this up because I can remember there was a time when he threw seven touchdowns in the mm-hmm. game, and I'm like, I wonder what other NFL records he has. Can I guess Highest? one? Yes, please do. Touchdown interception ratio in his single season? Best or worst? Best. <laughs> that would be funny. No, he does not have it. I thought he had 30 to 3 for some reason. He's right? got most consecutive completions in a game with 25 in a row. He has that oh, touchdowns yeah. in the single game with seven, where he just torched, I think it was the yeah. Broncos that one one game. He has the highest passer rating in NFL playoff history with 113.2 when he just destroyed the Vikings. Highest completion percentage in a single playoff game, which was when he had 73% in that game. And then the highest completion percentage in NFL playoff history just in the total playoffs, 72%. Yeah. So this man, when you say system quarterback, is perfect. Like, that's the perfect description. But it's just there is another side to this coin. And if Doug Marone can unlock it, he might go from fourth to third best quarterback. Yeah. Just, I just don't see... Nick Foles yeah. doing much, but I guess. He, but the thing is, like going back to your Teddy Bridge, uh, Bridgewater thing about like he was just right Bless there. His heart. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't think that he would be a bad person, no. like necessarily for that. Like he's not a bad quarterback by any means, but I guess like he is considered like kind of you know middle we'll never tier. Know. Like, yeah. well, exactly, we don't know, and I think that the yeah. Jaguars want to avoid 
getting a similar guy like that. They didn't want to have someone that was just like, okay, well, maybe he'll be okay. Right. People, they were, I think they think that Nick Foles is kind of a certainty or some, or at least close to a certainty and being just better than Blake Bortles. I guess that's not a real high ceiling to reach. But I know this is the AFC South and not the NFC South pod, but my worst nightmare is playing out in real time when Sean Payton said that when Drew Brees hangs it up, Teddy Bridgewater is our guy. If Teddy Bridgewater leaves the Saints the Super Bowl, I don't know. I stop watching football. Yeah. Like It's like, I bought a Teddy <laughs> oh, Bridgewater jersey. He did. Yeah, he yeah. said he's like, Teddy wow. Bridgewater is our next guy when Brees hangs it up. Yeah, that's, what, that's why I was so surprised by that signing because I'm like, I, Teddy could start somewhere else. I'm like, why would he want to resign yeah. to be a backup? It makes sense. I mean, I've got a Bridgewater jersey hanging in my room yeah, because my, I love my him friends so much. Does. But it's he just like, it. Oh, it, it's so painful to watch him go to probably one of my hate, most hated franchises. One of the most least attractive franchises, especially the past 15 years. But Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm getting, I guess it, it makes sense for him to stay in that system. Oh, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, if, if you're a complete neutral and you are guaranteed a starting spot and you have three years to learn under Drew fucking Breeze, like... There's that, but also, the like, money. the only team that... Well, not the only team, but the only team that was, like, ready to just give him a fuck ton of money was the Dolphins. And I guess if you're Teddy Bridgewater, do you want $7 million a year from the Saints... Or like twelve from the Dolphins, and even and fuck up your value, and yeah. by, or right. more more importantly, perhaps fuck up your knee again behind yeah. that offensive line. Exactly, and you don't want to just go into I don't know new coach too. I just, I don't know. I understood that, but in terms of this, like the Jags could invest in a Teddy Bridgewater type again. You know, it just it would have been a mistake. I don't think they could have done even someone like Case Keenum, who has more playoff experience either. But let's go to the most fun team, the Titans. Oh, yes. um, oh my God, this to me has has to be like the funniest team in this division, just because like. I don't know. I personally feel that people are clinging on to the image of what Marcus Mariota, Mariota was in college, and I don't think that's helping the Titans out by any means. But um, Chase, I'll go to you. What does this team need going into this season? I've done this once before, and I, I hate doing it, but the best available player in the draft needs yeah. to be on the Titans' mind. They don't have a phenomenal pick. They were in the oh. playoff hunt in like week 10, and they kind of just sputtered out toward the end of the season. Their pick is kind of right in the middle there. They need best available. It would make the most sense probably to get just a defensive guy that you know that you can plug and play week yeah. one. But nothing's a certainty in the NFL. You can't really just pick Darius Leonard's off trees. No. And so I, I think the Titans just need to take the best available player here. Their free agency hasn't done anything to help them. It. It's a team that you are absolutely right is clinging on past success, and they should not have won that game in Kansas City two years ago. I'm still upset. I'm not even a Chiefs fan. It's just Mariota catching his own touchdown pass and diving to the pylon. It's just the image that the Titans have in their head of what their franchise is. I don't think anyone will say that Marcus Mariota is a unathletic person. Like the guy has elite speed yeah, for a quarterback. It's a lot like Deshaun Watson. You know the type of court. Like, I think he's a poor type man's of Deshaun Watson. Like yeah, he can't I know. put the ball where Deshaun Watson can, but also yeah. like his speed, while it is impressive, he just doesn't utilize it correctly when I think Watson does. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not as down on Mariota as you guys are cause just because, I mean, he he did have great success at Oregon, but, I mean, he's, he's, he's underrated for how good of a passer he is within the pocket. I That's think. fair. And, Absolutely. I mean, if he needs to get out, he can. But I think, like I said earlier in the pod, like, I just haven't seen enough consistently from him just because of his injuries. And I think that that's what kind of derailed the pit, or the Titans this past season, Mike Vrabel's first year. He, they went 9-7. and seven. They had a decent year, but they just had dealt with so many injuries and not a lot of consistency from certain positions, which just didn't lead to a lot of wins. So Mariota is done. Like, his contract is up at the end of the season. Okay. So based on how much quarterbacks are making, he's probably going to get somewhere between the 20 to $25 million range. I can't, I mean, just based on, like, um, you know, the contract situations can be kind of weird in 2021 when when the NFL and the PA and the NFLPA go on strike um, because that's inevitable. But do you guys give Marcus that contract of, like, 20 to $25 million a year, or do you try to find someone in the draft potential? If, like, if this is my take on this really quickly, I think that if the Titans are sold on someone, like, they go and they see, like, okay, shit, Drew Locke, is someone that I want, like, uh, you know, is someone, like, I'm, like, they're just, like, completely comfortable with and feel like they could be the next guy for them. Do you risk upsetting Mariota 
by drafting someone that high potentially in because uh, drafting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's the worst of it, worst decision at all. Just like because um, how hurt he gets, I think. I mean, if, and if like I said, if or like you said, if, at the end of this his deal, if they feel like they don't want him and they're comfortable with the guy they drafted this draft, then you know why not go ahead and take that chance? It's what I mean. It's what the NFL is about. So you would pass on giving him that like crazy new um, it just, it depends if they draft a quarterback or not in the draft. But um, I would probably yeah pass on that. So how about you, Chase? What I mean, that's kind of siphoning off my bold prediction, which is that Mariota won't be starting by the end of the year. I think they just hand the reins to Tannehill and say go wild, and then yeah. they draft a quarterback. Was that Tannehill deal a one-year deal? Or, or, or he was traded, right, or released? He was, yeah, uh, he was traded, and then I think they restructured his contract. Um, don't hold me to that, but um, they didn't bring him in thinking that he was going to be the star. Yeah. yeah, I think right. they want to okay. see what they have in Mariota. Yeah, oh, completely. That's probably why. They probably just grabbed him for insurance, just in case. Like, like I did, Exactly. This is an insurance trade, because Mariota has never played 16 games in a season. Um, he hasn't thrown for over 3,500 yards in a season, and has never had more than 26 passing touchdowns. Because yeah. even though he played 14 games last year, he still couldn't get over like he no 3,500. And that's like, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, he can run, but he gets hurt because of his run style. And like, so that's just probably like the, what he does on the ground is his most valuable asset, and that's hurting him as an NFL player. I just feel like if this team is sold on a quarterback. Go for it. And I think that's my right. team need is that they should just go for it if they, um, or if they're sold on someone because I don't know. But what were you saying, Chase? I would I would agree with that. My team need, like I said, is the best available player. But I think that there is a world in which the Titans trade up into the first round and take Daniel Jones in like the thirtieth, thirty first, thirty second pick, the quarterback out of Duke. It just makes too much sense in my mind if Jones is there. Obviously, he could go anywhere between like 20 and 24 and be off the board, but I totally could see the Titans jumping in there, getting Daniel Jones, work a year under these guys. You don't think Mariota and Tannehill are your system quarterbacks? Fine. Let Daniel Jones sit there, and Mariota, you get to prove yourself. This is your contract season. I think he's gone after this year, even if he puts together another 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven season. Yeah, I mean, I can't make an argument for why you would sign him up again and be like, okay, we've seen what you can do for five seasons, and you haven't been able yeah. to really do anything. Um, but they do have the 19th pick. So you said like he, that Jones can go in the 20 to 30 range. It's just like, shit, maybe they're so confident in someone like that that they take him at 19. Like That just doesn't seem inconceivable to me at this point. Yeah. Um, that would absolutely destroy Mariota's confidence if they went 19. Yeah. So, I mean, with a quarterback. Yeah. And that's what you have to weigh, kind of. Like, what are you really playing for? Like, you look at the division, and I'm not sure there's really any... Like, they they can really compete. And I know they brought in Mike Vrabel so that they can compete. They really liked, you know, what he did with the Pats. And, um, you know, he's a defensive-minded coach. But yeah, um, I, I rest my case. Um, Chase, well, who is your non-quarterback MVP? Derrick Henry was a stud last year at the end of the season. Say, it's just, we talked about it to start last year. It's Deion Lewis was just taking carries and taking carries the entire season. I thought Henry would be a workhorse. And then toward the end of the season, they realized that they need to amp up their running game, and Deion Lewis was not cutting it. Derrick Henry ripped off a 99-yard touchdown run on Monday Night Football against the Jags, and he kind of he kind of had a good finish of the season from there. I think Derrick Henry becomes that MVP simply in the same way that, uh, blanking on the name, but the Miami Dolphins running back is their Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is their MVP in the way that they have to establish a running game to have any success on the season. In the same way that they understand their quarterback is not the greatest. The Vikings understood that Christian Potter was not the greatest, so they handed off to Adrian Peterson seven thousand times, yeah. and he breaks the yeah, record, yeah. like almost breaks the record. Like it's that's what's going to happen in my mind to Derrick Henry, but with a caveat that I thought that last year and it did not pan out. See, because I also have Derrick Henry as my non-quarterback MVP. I'm so hesitant just because I exactly. like I'm just talking about like at the beginning of the pod how like coaches will be like I want to give this player 20 carries a game. Yeah. But are and those empty words? Don't. Like once you go down 7-0 does that mean anything or not? It doesn't. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like football is such a situation to situation yeah, right. type of game. Um and that's the it's weird because he only had two games where he had 12 touches or more in that like in 11 uh in in the first 11 weeks of the season. 
uh, before he had that crazy game where he yeah. went off. Um, but in the last like a few weeks of the season, he like, he had eighty like in the last four weeks specifically, he had eighty seven attempts and ran for one hundred forty six yards a game. They just this team doesn't know how to use Dion Lewis. Like I guess he's one of those guys. Like he signed that four year deal with twenty two yeah. million dollars. Yeah. He's just one of those guys that like. You need, he needs to be in a pass happy offense. Absolutely, and he's and this is not a pass happy offense. He's the secondary running back in any offense, and he should be. He should be the guy where if you're if you're not running a two halfback set, he is only out there to catch passes. All he's doing is taking up opportunities for Henry, and he just Henry just didn't get the ball enough, and he only like um, yeah, his first game with over 60 yards didn't come until week 13. Yeah. If the Titans make the playoffs this year, it will be because Henry has a career year. Yeah. I just don't see any way around it. And he needs to. Um, I think for his own value, too, just like you got to kind of make it happen at a certain point. This is what, year three or four now? I think it's three. With Derrick Henry? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Three. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like. it's year three. He has to explode. Um, and that's why I think he has to be the non-quarterback MVP. It would be interesting, though, if they do shift to someone other than Mariota because Dion Lewis, you know, an agile running back fits the system more than a, guy, a downhill runner like Henry. Dang, yeah. So maybe if they do make that switch, let's just say it's at week eight, maybe Derrick Henry is able to get 20 to 25 uh, carries a game, which yeah. he should get if just to see where his potential is at. But, Pat, uh, who's your non-quarterback? My cor- non-quarterback MVP is Corey Davis. Um, I like you know, that. Yeah, he had uh, 99 receptions last year for, um, what was it, 120, uh, 1,266 yards. And, I mean, what most people don't know is his rookie year, and he actually is the career leader in receiving yards in FBS in college football history. <laughs> so, this, I mean, yeah, he's kind of got a lot going for himself out of Central Michigan Kind of just like Antonio Brown, maybe he's the next one. I don't know. <laughs> that makes but, sense, though. Yeah, I don't it's, know. I mean, very we're, I mean, we're we're talking about how Mariota, and we don't know who's going to be the quarterback. But I mean, this man's going to grab a hundred receptions. As, as if Mar- like from Mariota, I think anyone can get the ball to this guy. I mean, he can ex- he can explode and be become an elite wide receiver within the next few years if he stays consistent like this. That's why I just really hope he gets a better quarterback. That's I mean, I mean, yeah. ninety nine yards and twelve hundred yards is a rookie. Like that's a lot in the NFL. Yeah, no, definitely. He's definitely built to be a number one guy. Um, let's do our bold prediction. Um, the, how can you really come up with a, a bold true prediction bold prediction for, yeah. for a trash team like this? Uh, um, mine is negative, very negative. And I already it. alluded to it. Mariota isn't starting by week twelve. Yeah. It's either Tannehill's takes over the reins for a team that is not making the playoffs, <laughs> or a team that's on the fringe. It's handed to if they draft Daniel Jones. I think yeah. that the quarterback, if they draft, the fans will be clamoring for something new, especially if by week 12 they are f- like 4 and 7, 4 and 8. Yeah. It, I don't know where their bye week Maybe is, but like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that, where it it's a lost cause at this point, but you still have hope for next year. You want to build toward the right direction, kind of like how the two teams in this division made the playoffs going on 10 and 11 game runs. That's what the, this Titans team would need in that scenario. So, yeah. They're not going to get that. No, of course not. And that's why I think that in the future, Mariota will not get that contract. Yeah. I agree. I think they're going to – my bold prediction was just that they're going to – pretty much the same thing. They're going to be a bottom five team that – Right, yeah. I think that could trade Mariota just because – at the deadline. Just take him on him. Just because if you I don't know if you're one of those fringe teams that needs a, a quarterback um, I don't know just someone to throw in there I think it'd be kind of interesting to trade and like I don't know just to give up Marcus Mariota your former number two pick I, that's how a lot of these executives think like that's why they've held on to the, the hope that Mariota sure. is going to be just like all oh, these number two pick I like they just have that branded in their minds and they just can't lose it it'd be interesting to see like that they want to get some value out of a guy that they know they're not going to keep. But why do you think Bortles was starting last year? Because yeah. he is a top, yeah. whatever, 5, 10 pick. Third That's how the thing. executives view the man. Like, yeah. Exactly. And it's just you can't so, – they just can't shake it. That's what I mean. And if they let that guy go, that, they, that you know, they're getting pressure from ownership. You they know, admit they failed. Yeah, and then they and then they get fired for it. So it's like it's a very stressful, yes. pressure type of job. Isn't there a case to be made that Mike Frabel should be able to pick his quarterback and like just start this thing yeah, over? You know, totally. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, that's that's the one thing. Ownership can sometimes have a huge impact, even on the general manager's decisions, and then you know to the coaching staff. 
Like if there's if, a disconnect there that can be bigger yeah. than what's on the field. Right. Like if Clint Clinsbury is going to get his quarterback, we'll just call him his quarterback. Cliff because, Kingsbury. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Clint. What I say? You said Clint Clinsbury. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm at that point in the day. Um, if he's <laughs> able to get that, like if he's able to get his quarterback though, yeah. in Murray, and they just give up on Josh Rosen, like, and that's where the NFL is headed. I really don't know how you can make a case that you can just keep Marcus Mariota on your roster. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of co- like coaching schemes and everything have a lot to do, I think, with the way, you know, executives in the league and stuff are, you know, scouting, drafting players, and, you know, assembling rosters and teams. A front yeah. office brings in a head coach to run a specific scheme. Yeah. Exactly. They, they bring them in not to... Right. Like, the one instance that I can think otherwise is what Gruden's doing in Oakland, oh, where yeah. he basically owns the team. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I, Yeah, no, that is uh, – I like that comp. But, guys, any last thoughts before we end the pod? This is a long one. This was a long one. It was one. a long one. This is our – Like, computer died. We're in an hour and seven uh, minutes. Oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> after edits, yeah. we should cut it down at least an hour six. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Let's not be too ambitious. That's um, right. Guys, thanks for sitting down with me and talking some uh, some NFL. I think we're going to try to record an NBA pod for Monday to do break down the playoffs, sure. uh, season awards as well. Um, and thank you all for tuning into another episode of the You Listen, I Talk podcast. If you haven't done so already, we really encourage you to subscribe to our pages on SoundCloud and the Apple Podcast app. If you want to contact us, you can always email us at youlistenitalkmailbag at gmail.com. And if you haven't already stopped the episode and gone to your next podcast, you can also follow us at youlisten underscore italk on Twitter. And yeah, until next time.